0: Okay, we're going to get started. Hey everyone, my name's Kate and this is Ruth, in case you don't know us. Um, and today we're going to be talking about honouring God with our bodies. And we have lots to say, but God has even more to say <laughs> uh, than we do. So what we're first going to do is I'm going to pray quickly and then you'll see on your handout we have a whole list of Bible verses. So I hope you have a Bible of some sort or access on a device or something. Can you shake your head no if you don't have any access to the Bible? Amy has no access. I
1: have
0: an extra Bible. Ruth has a Bible. Good work, Ruth. Um, but yes. Okay, great. Let me pray for us. Father God, Lord, you are kind and merciful to us. And I just pray as we talk about these things, some heavy things to do with our body, that you would help us honor and glorify you. That through uh, this learning together as we go through, that you would help us have kind words, considerate words, and words that honor and glorify you. Father, I pray that as we go away, we would be more mindful and thoughtful of how we can glorify you with our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I pray that we would be encouraged and uplifted uh, to pursue each other in love with our bodies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I hit I hit it. Okay. I think yeah. Okay. yeah okay so first we're going to do some work to help lay the foundation of what God says about us and then we're going to use this foundation Ruth and I both um, throughout the session so this is kind of key um, to everything we're going to talk about. Um, And if you have any questions throughout, feel free to call them out as we go, but we might just write them down and then come back to them at the end, um, because we're kind of going through this journey, and then at the end, we'll get to those other questions if there are any. And of course, the more interactive you guys are, the better for us, the better for each other, the more learning that happens, so don't be shy. Okay, so on your sheet, you have some Bible verses, and I'm going to just get you with the person next to you, baby just in pairs, to look at different verses and answer this question. What does this verse say about your body? It might be very clear, and it might be a little bit abstract. What does this verse say about your body? Okay, so I'm going to give you a verse, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Jenny and Christina, you're going to have Genesis 3. Mm -hmm. Jules and Ruth, you're going to have Genesis 3, 16. Clarita and Amy, you're going to have Psalms 16 and 31. You guys get double. Noah and Therese, you're going to get Proverbs 5. Sharon and Sharon, you're going to have Ezekiel, Lydia, and Tommy, you're going to have Matthew 6. And Joanne, you're going to have Luke
2: 12. and you're going to have
0: Acts 2. Three of you are going to have Romans 6.6. 6. You guys are going to have a second one. You're going to have Romans 12, 4, and 1 Corinthians. Jenny and Christina, you're going to have 1 Corinthians 6 as well. Jules and Ruth, you're also going to have Galatians 2. And Noah and Therese, you're also going to have
2: Philippians
0: 1. Can we take one of the mom. Yes. Um, Noah and Therese, you guys aren't going to have Philippians 1. Livia's one. Right. Okay, what it says about your body, you have like one minute. Find a quick. <laughs> right.
1: Now you have 50 seconds. <laughs> Alright.
0: Would <laughs> <laughs> you mind writing this down? Yes. Like what
1: I have here. Yeah. Yeah. Like more like bullet points. Yeah. Well, maybe not everything, but yeah. Whatever yeah, not it is like is. sentences just like Yeah. I'm just gonna just
0: put
1: the twenty seconds. Um, um, Uh, maybe
0: don't, just long. No? keep it. I just
1: keep my Okay, 10 seconds. Wow, this is quick. Just yeah. take a picture of this. Yeah, <laughs> actually.
0: <laughs> okay, 5 seconds. Yikes. 4, 3, 2, one and zero. Okay, we're gonna come back together. That was super quick. Good job. Good
2: job. All right.
0: We're just gonna run through this list, okay? And hopefully it gives us a foundation. Where did I start? You guys. What does Genesis one? Genesis one just specifically about our bodies
2: yeah we are created, we are created in God's image
0: okay yes. keep going yeah keep going Keep yeah we're rulers of the earth we've been giving a job to do and one more thing And he blessed us. Blessed us. Okay, we're blessed. And we're male and female. Yes. Yes, that's a big one as well, male and female. Okay, Genesis 3. Jenny and Christina. And should we No, if
1: you
0: can just give me a, a bullet point about the body. Oh,
1: sure. Um, that we should... We were
0: naked and we yes. hid ourselves. Naked, hid, afraid. <coughs> hide something up with shame. Shame, yeah, shame. shame. So God made us. In the image of him, we were rulers, created male and female, and then sin. We become naked, we hide, we are ashamed. Jewels and Rick. Pain sin,
1: childbearing. Yep.
0: Yeah. pain and childbearing. So there's a curse, there's consequences.
1: Don't talk about desire for your husband.
0: Yes. Yes, that's a big one, isn't it? But he shall rule over you. So we have this desire to be over, to have the final say, but it won't be. And Larita and Amy. Um, These ones
1: seem like uh, our emotions affect our bodies. So if our beings rejoice, our flesh grows secure. And then the other one, our whole bodies are wasted from grief.
0: Yes, our emotions physically affect our bodies sometimes and we should expect that effect as well. Yeah, perfect. Kanoa and Teresa. Um Ours said that mm-hmm. at the end of your life you're <coughs> so it says our bodies will end or like life will end and our bodies are consumed. Yeah, and you, is it like a happy vibe or like a... No, it says no. We expect our bodies to age, become frail, (laughs) hurt, break down, and eventually die. Yeah, it's not a happy ending for human bodies. Uh, Sharon and Shepard? Yep. Yeah. It says
1: that you will give us a new heart, a
2: new spirit. Perfect. And we'll remove the heart of stone from our flesh and make a heart
0: of flesh. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. How great is that news, especially after the Proverbs five eleven one. Our dry bones have life. Yeah. Yeah. You put the sinews upon. Yeah, the dry bones will yeah, become flesh. Perfect. Um, Ezekiel? No. You guys that was Ezekiel. Matthew.
2: So it says here, the eye is the lamb of the body. So if your eyes is healthy, your whole body will be full of light.
0: Perfect. Our eyes the lamb of the body. Luke 12. <laughs> Luke 12. <laughs> Luke 12. <laughs> um, Luke 12.
2: Who, who, who kills the body, but the God was the
0: guard for Christ. Be the Lord. Are you catching up, Ruth? Yeah. you're amazing. Um, Next one, Luke, no, Acts 2. So we connect with Christ's flesh is not
2: corrupted after the resurrection.
0: Perfect. Jesus' body is perfect, unlike our frail bodies, which we saw earlier, waste away and age. Christ's body is perfect. Um, Romans six 6? Back here. Back here. Perfect. We're so that our physical bodies will not be enslaved to sin. Yeah. Our physical bodies are transformed by the crucifixion. Isn't that an interesting thing? Um, Romans 12.4? So we are many members with different
2: functions all in the body of Christ?
0: Yeah. We're many members. We form one body. It's interesting, we talk about individual, and then the New Testament brings it to the collective, where one body. Um, and, yeah, also 1 Corinthians, was that? 1 Corinthians 6.13, Who had that one. Yes. Food for stomach, stomach for food.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the body is not meant for sexual immorality.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the New Testament is really clear on that. The body is not meant for sexual immorality. Uh, Galatians 2.20. No longer I that live, but the life I live in the
1: body, I live by faith in the Son of God.
0: We no longer live our life in the body. We live by faith. And Philippians 1.20. Oh, yeah. Oh, Serena?
2: Oh me? Oh okay. That Christ will be honored in our bodies,
0: but not by life. Christ will be honored. Our whole breakout. Guys, great job. Give yourselves a hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all these things we're going to kind of come back on, touch more detail in. Um, and so Ruth is actually gonna take us through the first section of this.
1: Sweet. Alright, clearly we have we see the Bible has lots to say about about our body. And the fact that it says a lot goes to tell us that we should value our bodies because they were created by God. From Genesis 2, we see God's good design was purposeful and personal. He designed us with such intricacy that all of us were meant to give glory to him. But sadly, as we know, in Genesis 3, it tells us about the great fall. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And so they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. In the fall, you have two critical things that happen. Entrance of sin and the curse of sin and entrance of brokenness and shame. Mm. And now because sin dominates over our very being and we live now under the rule of the prince of the power of air, what the curse of sin ultimately brings is death. As it says in Genesis, and to dust you shall return. Our bodies are broken spiritually and are fading away physically. Because of the fall, our natural bent is to seek temporary temporary relief, rather than look for eternal hope in God. So here's the problem. We live in a fallen world, and because of consequences, we live with broken bodies. All of us here, at some point, have thought of various ways to improve our physical selves. Does anyone know of any current trends that are currently going on in the world? Intermittent fasting, yeah. Paleo, Paleo, so lots of different diets, mm-hmm. there are lots of different surgeries, there's lots of creams out there, <laughs> yeah, <Some exercises. laughs> lots of exercises, there's just like a heap load <laughs> of things for us. Um, so yeah, like you said, it's maybe a diet we're on, it's maybe the new miracle cream your friend's been using and raving about, mm-hmm. or maybe it's the gym membership you recently signed up for, or maybe it's how you've been fixating on the latest outfit, outfit you want to purchase. Whatever it is that you've chosen, it's not wrong. These are, in fact, good things that will bring physical improvement to our bodies and our health. But the big question we do, when we do anything is to ask, what is my motive behind this, and why am I doing it? You can't just stop at asking what, but getting to the heart of why you do the things you do. Are you thinking about wellness for yourself or for the affirmation and approval of others? Are you thinking about longevity of your life or what's the best thing that can look good on you? As women, culture and society have often pushed us in a box. You need more. You need better. We see that blasted in every angle. Sadly, many of us are in conflict with this. When, we, when are we doing too much of something, and when are we actually not caring at all for our bodies? The more we try to aim for perfection in our beauty, our body image, our health, and look to other quick fixes, the more we are digging our own pit of despair, thereby creating more serious issues in our life, such as anxiety, depression, turning to temporary pleasures such as gluttony, viewing pornography, and maybe even going to the extent of abusing our bodies physically. Kate and I are going to expand on some of these areas during this breakout, but we also wanted to encourage you, if you're personally struggling with any of these things mentioned or something else that you're ashamed about, we encourage you to talk to someone you trust, someone who will open up God's word to you instead of just giving you good advice. And if you are personally struggling with any of these situations right now, we want to tell you the gospel is good news for our broken bodies. Then there is so much hope and freedom for you in the gospel. Because of Christ's marvelous work, as we see in 1 Corinthians 6, that we were bought with a price. And because of his marvelous work on the cross, it it should change the way we view our bodies and how we take care of our bodies. Scripture also shows that all things were made through Jesus. That includes our bodies, which means they matter to him, which means your body is not your own. So let's dive in. What are some examples of how we idolize our bodies? Anyone? Are
2: we spending more time on um, improving our bodies than quiet times or
0: more mm-hmm. time to believe so like
2: maybe...
1: Yeah, like time priority. Yeah, priorities. Time yeah. priorities. Yeah. 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 Anything else? Just keep shouting it out. I think also when our thoughts are already consumed, we have... <coughs> okay, so... Um, overwhelmed or just consumed by our beauty, mm. often.
0: Mm. I think in addition to
2: that,
1: like concern more with the outfit <clears throat> appearance rather than what's happening on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> like the money you spent on mm. stuff to yeah. improve your beauty <laughs> or money. Or even like on food and things like, yeah. sometimes
0: gluttony can creep in there without us even realizing. Yep.
1: Yeah. Great. These are such good examples, and we are actually going to talk about, th- about this a little. So, with all that you have mentioned, how is it evident that we are going off-scale? You know, there's always a fine balance of, are we doing too much, are we caring too much, or are we caring less? Tim Keller puts it so well in one of his sermons. What the heart most wants, the mind finds reasonable, the emotions find valuable, and the will finds doable. What makes people into what they are is the order of their loves. What they love most, more, less, and least. So here are some questions I'd like for you ladies to write down and talk about later during your free time. Ready? Mm -hmm. What is your motive behind caring for your body, and why are you doing it? What is your motive behind caring for your body, and why are you doing it? How long do you spend choosing an outfit? And what does that statement, what statement do your clothes make about your heart? How long do you spend choosing an outfit? What statement do your clothes make about your heart? In choosing an outfit or a diet or whatever it is, whose attention are you desiring or craving? How often do you look for the latest beauty trends that everyone is talking about? If you are a mother over here, what steps can you take to train your daughters to value godliness over fashion, to help them understand that God cares more about the heart? How are you communicating with other ladies about your body? Mothers, how often are you grumbling about your body in front of your little children? What steps can we take to train each other to value our bodies in a healthy way? And lastly... In what ways are you letting hurtful opinions dictate the choices you make regarding your body? For example, do you seek to run to food for comfort? Or do you run to research on the latest skin enhancement or surgery? You guys got the questions? OK, I'll, I'll repeat them right after the session. Um, but just wanted to say, don't get, don't get me wrong. It is important to love our bodies. And take care of them. Our physicalness matters to God, as so does our spirituality. The things we put in and on our body matter because he created, created us for himself. Like we looked at one of the passages in 1 Corinthians 6:19 19-20, it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. The price that we were bought with was not cheap. It costed the son's life. If you trace the theme of the Bible, it is often that God wants to dwell with his people, and he makes a way for that to happen through the sacrifices like we just learned this morning, the tabernacle, yet none of it was close to the perfect sacrifice he gave us, his own son. Jesus' death on the cross paid the price for our sin, our brokenness, but in his resurrection, he promises a new body and perfect dwelling with him. We should not consider this as cheap. We should not just give up our bodies to things that don't build it. Remember Christ on the cross, and remember the price he paid. Ladies, let's be aware of the lies that we are faced with when it comes to loving our body and beauty. Physical beauty deceives us by appearing to keep some of its promises in the short term. It delivers just enough to keep us hooked. Um, leading Leading us on to think that it's a worthwhile investment, I'll keep doing this. Yet, it doesn't actually promise what it's supposed to give. The only thing that releases us from the grip of the idols is a, is a hard grasp of the radical grace of God. And when we truly understand God's kindness, we would not serve ourselves but Him and do all things to bring Him glory. So Kate now will talk to us about some sins that we don't generally talk about as women.
0: well, it was so helpful, I should have said this before, to keep these verses in line. I hope you can see the arc that we're created in the image of God, and then the fall, and all of this is consequences of the fall, pains, curse, childbearing, flesh, bodies will end in age, and all of this, and then we have redemption in Christ, so I hope, we'll keep coming back to this, but I hope you can see that, that arc as well, um, i need to make that super, super clear. Um, It's interesting when Ruth asked, idolise our bodies, we talked about beauty, classic women. (laughs) We talked about our outward appearance, women. (laughs) And we talked about food a little bit. And more and more women, you know, we love to go out to eat. We love to share Mm. in food. Um, And sometimes, you know, we don't know lines between gluttony and things, and that's so good. But it's it's interesting when we talk about idolising our bodies, We didn't think of sexual immorality or anything along those lines. And I think if this was a man's seminar, maybe that would have been one of the first things. Sex, pornography, something like that, because that's glorifying our bodies. Mm. And I think uh, it's really important that as women, we keep coming back to this conversation. Because 1 Corinthians 6.13 says, body is not meant for sexual immorality. And further, Paul says in verse 18, flee, flee from sexual immorality. And he doesn't say men flee. (laughs) He says people, members of the body flee. So sexual immorality, I'm just going to define it, is any sexual activity that happens outside of marriage. So things like adultery, pornography, fornication. And as women, we often think of this as a man's issue, particularly pornography or even masturbation. Often we feel like other women won't understand and there's lots of shame associated with it, especially if you're a professing Christian and struggle. One Christian woman said, being a woman who struggles with lust can feel like being alone in a crowded room. You think you are the only one tempted when you watch that movie or read that book and yet the opposite is often true. So a common definition of lust is looking at a person of the opposite sex or the same sex and desiring them. But for women, I think that definition is actually incomplete. Women want to desire and be desired almost more than the physical action of sex. Um, And often that comes through relationships and emotional connections. Stories, movies, TV shows, books... They can all be traps for women because they combine emotional connections, relationships and desire. You can put yourself in the place of that main character. You can imagine what that male character is is saying or doing in this restaurant or something. And so in the book Every Woman's Battle, the author describes how she would have emotional affairs with male friends. And she says, uh, this is a quote from her book, Even though I wasn't having sexual intercourse with any of these men, I was still having a personal affair with each of them. Fascination with Tom's wit, Scott's maturity uh, was infatuating and it affected my relationships and my marriage in a way just as damaging as a physical affair would have been. So if you're married or single, God wants us to honour our bodies and honour each other's bodies, both our brothers and our sisters as well. And this is something we, we struggle with. God says flee from sexual immorality. And that doesn't just mean that person over there. It means me and it means you. So we need to be fighting against any kind of slippery slope, any kind of small steps towards temptation. And this requires accountability, even like with Ruth said, just sharing. We should have someone in our life who regularly asks us how we're going with sexual temptation whether you're single or married. And if you don't have someone, it's a great time to find someone and ask, and ask them to ask you regularly. And you might say, praise God, I'm not struggling. But tomorrow you might struggle. Next month you might struggle, next year. And then when that person keeps asking you, you can be honest and say it. And so as sisters, we need to fight to keep our eyes healthy. We need to be reading scripture watching innocent things, reading healthy books. Matthew 6, 22 to 23 says, the eye is the lamp of the body. What we see becomes who we are. And so it's not wrong or sinful to watch that great Netflix show. You might even watch it with your housemates. You might even watch it with your husband. You know. But then it's what happens inside of us that no one sees but God. And so... Uh, Where there's darkness, sin thrives and it has a way of excusing what we're doing. And I think that's really important that we kind of wrestle with this tension, that it's not necessarily wrong to watch this TV show, but it's wrong what's then happening inside of me. And so in that, we also need to know there's grace. If you're struggling or have struggled or worried about struggling, which you should be in one of those categories... It doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. God wrote flee from sexual immorality because he knew we would struggle with it. Sexual temptation and immorality is one of the many things, like gluttony, like idolatry, like you know all the ways we can sin with our bodies, is one of the ways uh, we are sinning. And we are waiting until Christ returns. Our body is groaning until we can throw it off with a great hallelujah when Christ returns. But we need to fight now. And Philippians 1.20, Serena, what does Philippians 1.20 say? What does... No, no, just that bit you said. Christ will be honoured in our bodies. Christ will be honoured in our bodies. And so it's worth fighting, right? Even if you struggle today, it's worth fighting it today. Even if you struggle tomorrow, it's worth fighting it tomorrow. Because eventually, Christ will be glorified. And we want to make that here and now a reality. So, with sexual sin, there are four helpful steps, I think. And I'd love for you to add to them, make them bigger and better, um, to fight through this darkness. And I actually took these from a Desiring God article and just shifted them a little bit. So, number one, like I said, find a confidant. Find someone to be accountable to. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Number two says, be a confident. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. It's hard I read a statistic. If the typical woman over 50 will never have looked at porn in her life, statistically in the West. And the typical woman under 25 in 2023 will have at least seen porn once. And so if you think about those two extremes, that's huge. So if I can encourage you, if you're an older woman, be open (laughs) and know about things, not in a temptation way, but know that women will struggle. Younger women in the church are struggling. Mm -hmm. And if you're a younger woman, go to these older women who have spiritual, pure eyes, who haven't been tempted in the same ways you have, and glean from them, and hold tight to them, and be like them. You know, like Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Find those older women and imitate them. Uh, Point number three, grow your affection for Christ. This great reformer, Thomas Chalmers, says, the only way to dispossess the heart of an old affection is by the expulsive power of a new one. So basically the only way to throw off something that you love is to find something even better. And we know, we know deep down, the only best thing is Christ. And, And number four is pray. James 5.16 says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it, as it is working. Pray. Pray for help. Pray for each other. Pray for women you don't know who might be struggling. Pray for people's holiness. Pray. I think we can just pray more and more. And let us have the hope that Christ will be honoured in our bodies. And that is through his power, not through our defeating our temptations and our sin, but through his power, his death, defeating it. And it's okay to struggle. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay as well. Know that it's okay to struggle. Um, also, I know that's a bit heavy, and as women, we don't generally talk about sex and pornography and masturbation, but i love if, if we could be more open and continue the conversation in appropriate ways um, as we go along as well. And if you have any questions, we can talk about them at the end. Oh, also, we were going to say, if you have questions and, and don't want to ask them, feel free to write them on a piece of paper or message one of us, um, things like that as well. Because we know that these can be like really heavy topics. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Kate.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we're going to move on to another topic that's hard as well. Um, So if you look at your handout, the next point is mental health, depression, chronic illness. Um, But with that, there's lots more. Um, So just kind of going to go straight and say, living in a fallen world with broken bodies is not easy at all. Our bodies bear the effects of the fall. They grow weaker day by day. Our mental health is affected. Depression presses harder. Infertility hurts deeper, chronic illness makes us groan, it causes us great anxiety, and it affects our physical health too. Yet, as the list increases, so does God's faithfulness. These topics are hard to talk about, and honestly, they each need more time to dive in. But I do want to share the obvious. We are suffering, and when we suffer, we should bring God into view. Psalm 121.2 tells us that our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. When we are suffering in any of these areas, we have two responses. Run away from God or run to God. Mm -hmm. And here are some lies. As women, we are tempted to believe when we're going through suffering. The Lord is far away. He does not understand. He doesn't understand my situation. I don't think he cares. Or the second situation... There is no hope in life. I'm just going to have to deal with this on my own. And there could be more, but let me remind you about some truths to keep in mind when we all experience different types of suffering. One, Jesus is well aware of our fallen condition, our physical and mental ailments. He wants it all. While Satan comes to steal our confidence, Jesus is right there reminding us that he came to give us abundant life. So when we suffer, it is with a purpose, and we should remember that he has not left us alone. A personal example I just want to share is anxiety that I had in my life as I was pregnant with Judah. Um, When we went for a 12-week scan, we thought everything was going to be fine, um, and I'm not going to tear up, but this this is the Lord working in my heart. We got there and the doctor uh, mentioned that he might have trisomy 18 which is a rare genetic disorder which means that he could either pass away in my womb at six months or only live up to a year. That was very hard for me to come out of that scan and I wondered, is the Lord near to me? Does he know what I'm going through? Right then, I was reminded that God is in our suffering. He knows it all. And he never leaves us alone. There were many options we could do. We could do a blood test to figure out and get 99% result of whether this is true or not. Or we could just wait. And we decided to wait on the Lord and remember to be content in anything that he gives us. And that was, that was difficult. The wait of 12 weeks to 20 weeks was very difficult. Going into 20 weeks, my heart was at peace because of the many people that I shared this with. I prayed. I asked them to pray. And they always reminded me that God is near and he is in the situation. He gives what he wills. And the song, Whatever My God Ordains Is Right, was so important to me at that, at that point. We, go, we basically, at the end of the day, we came and we found out 20 weeks. Everything is clear. Judah does not have any trisomy 18 hits. All the organs are working perfectly, and now as you see him, he's running around. <laughs> uh, so friends, Psalm 34:18 even mentions that he's near to the brokenhearted. So if you're experiencing any sort of suffering in your life, be it an anxious situation you're going through, be it chronic illness, don't forget we have a personal God and that we can go to him as we are. Sometimes we think that the best way to deal with depression is just to come alongside the person, but to avoid going to God's word. We're not saying that we should just plaster Bible verses onto people and tell them to forget the depression. Let's use God's word to understand our heart amidst our depression. Read the Psalms to them and see how the authors let God reorient reorient their heart. And let's remind them of the big truth that Christ has overcome the world. We will be delivered from the aches, the struggles, the brokenness, because upon trusting in Christ, we will not only be delivered by the brokenness of the world, but the brokenness that is in us. And the third point, keep eternity at the forefront of your minds. A verse I'm helped with often is Romans 8, 18, 19. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. There are greater things that are yet to come. Keep your eyes fixed on your Savior, who has already delivered you. I'm going to hand it over to Kate to help us understand how we can live together in our brokenness.
0: Yeah, I think as well we wanted to say about mental health that even though we have broken bodies, you know, God's... If we break a bone, we go to the hospital and we get it fixed. We don't live with that broken bone for the next 50 years. And sometimes with depression, it can feel like a stigma, especially as Christians, when we should have this joy. It's good to get medical help if that's what the situation calls for. It's good to go to doctors. It's not just that you need to perk yourself up and memorise verses and things. Sometimes you need medical help, and it's not worth living with that broken bone. Um, You know, it's not worth, uh, yeah, not seeking out different options as well. And medical answers obviously aren't the ultimate solution. Christ is. But, um, yeah, sometimes we can have that stigma. And so as we're living with broken bodies, we need to remember God. (laughs) And God says that his greatest command is to love him and love each other. I'm living with a broken body. (laughs) I'm tired and I'm weak and I'm frail and I'm sinning daily against my children, against myself, against my husband, against my God, you know, and you are too. And if I do this journey on my own, I become weary, downcast, I might become grumbling and complaining against anybody else. (laughs) It's everybody else's fault but mine. You know, I might become grumbling even against God and turn away. And so I think as we have broken bodies, as we live with them, as we live with the reality of them wallowing in sin, where we don't, we're talking in our small group, where we don't even live up to our own expectations, let alone God's expectations, Um, Some of those expectations, we might love the idea of hospitality, but get great anxiety about having others in our home, especially those we don't really know. You might want to actually read the Bible with someone, but feel like you have too much baggage and that you shouldn't share because they're younger or they've got their own issues, Um, and so we don't ask You might want to talk to new people after church and be one of those people who stays until you get kicked out. Um, But you just find you have one conversation in the last 30 seconds. You go to the next person, they turn away and are talking to someone else. And you're standing there, you might as well go to the bathroom. It wouldn't wouldn't matter, you know. So what do we do? How do we honour God with our broken bodies when we try and then we fail? We try, (laughs) and we keep trying, and we keep failing because that's what God asks of us and wants of us, that we love him and we love each other. He doesn't say love yourself and then love God, you know. Love him, love each other. So he doesn't expect perfect hospitality. (laughs) He doesn't expect that we just give up. If you did ask that one person to read the Bible, and then they turned out to be super flaky, you know. That happens so often. <laughs> he doesn't expect you to have 45 minutes, 45-minute 45 chats after church that end up with you both crying and praying together. You know He just expects us to try and try and maybe fail and then try again. So I want to encourage you, think of the things that you find really challenging to do in love and try and do them <laughs> uh, as we think about our broken bodies as we think about that we're struggling with sexual temptation, as we're struggling with mental health, as we're struggling just to keep up with the pace of life. It's really, really hard. (laughs) And God has given us the church. He's given us the one body, one Corinthians. We are many members, but one body. We can't all be eyes. We can't all be heads. You know, some of us are the pinky toe. Some of (laughs) us are, you know, the part that no one else wants to be. And maybe you're just the eyebrow and you sit on someone's face and no one really notices you (laughs) until you look bad, you know. (laughs) But you're important because God made you like that. And so it's worth thinking through how do we love each other with our own broken bodies and with each other's. And so we can use our bodies as tools. We can love because God has loved us. And maybe we don't feel loved in return but we run back to God every time. And God gave us these bodies. He gave us extroverted bodies and introverted bodies. He gave us broken bodies and he gave us healthy bodies. He gave us childbearing bodies and he gave us closed womb bodies. He gave us so many different types of bodies and we need to glorify him with them. And we need to be thankful. And sometimes that's really hard, especially as sisters in Christ. Because we love to look at each other and think, look what that person has. Mm-hmm. Look at how God is using them. Mm-hmm. Look at the gifts and skills he's given them. He hasn't given me. What, what use am I? Who, who can I love? But he's called us to love each other. And so we try and we try and we try. We make ourselves vulnerable and we pursue. And we do this again because God pursued us. That beautiful verse in Romans, while we were still sinners, while we were disgusting and awful, God pursued us by sending his only son to die. And if we have known and felt that love, how can we not pursue each other? Mm. And it's not worth looking out and just thinking, wow, they have their whole life put together. Because the Bible tells us they don't. (laughs) The Bible tells us they are struggling with sin. That sister, that friend, that person... And so we have those awkward, hard conversations after church where you can't really hear what they're saying. (laughs) And we ask them over for dinner, and we have that awkward conversation where we just ask question after question, and we think, what do I ask next? I've run out of questions. (laughs) We love because he has loved us. And because when we look at what God has done for us, that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross, just like in Ezekiel it says he's changed our heart of stone to a heart of flesh we know that we are sanctified full stop and we know that because we're sanctified we can love so we don't sit around wishing it were different we're loved by the lord of heavens and so we try so it's i think it's worth thinking of some things that are hard and difficult and loving to someone else and to try it. Something that puts you in an uncomfortable position. Maybe it's having that converse, casual conversation at church. Maybe it's showing up to that Bible study. Maybe it's having that conversation when it's not structured in some way. Maybe it's opening up and being vulnerable in a safe place. Maybe it's comparing yourself to someone else and praising God for that person's gifts. And praying for them earnestly and in love. You know, there's so many things. Maybe it's being truthful about how your own Bible reading and prayer is going. There are ways that we can pursue others and go to others and not just expect them to come to us because we're loved by the Lord. And this sometimes feels so hard. And this sometimes feels like an impossible situation especially when we're hurt and we're sad and we're lonely. But we know we're loved by the Lord. So we need to seek each other out and we need to accept that we all have broken bodies and then we need to go out in love. And that's not to diminish real hurts and real loneliness and real pain at different situations. Um but we just look to the lord again and again and we look to how he has loved us and so it would be so great if we were able to share with someone the love you want to be better at <laughs> and be accountable to them share with someone that you want to have those hard conversations after church and not just sneak away after 2 minutes you know <laughs> because that's a win 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 situation that person wins you win And the Lord wins, (laughs) you know. And so when we have these broken bodies, it's hard. And I think Ruth and I both want to really acknowledge that. And we want to acknowledge that it's not easy, you know. uh, At the core class two weeks ago, Michael said, we suffer now, we have glory later. Mm -hmm. And Ruth is going to talk about that glory.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Kate. So clearly, I hope you guys have just been following the handout Because it almost is giving you an upward um, kind of cycle. If we were to do, we are created in the image of God, and then we have broken bodies, but then now, sorry, my diagram's not the best, (laughs) and then now um, we have something called the redeemed body that is only done in Christ and through Christ. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the hope we gain in Christ and what his death and resurrection signify for our bodies. So the hope of the resurrection is not primarily for the present, but it's pointing us to the future. Think about our bodies for a minute. So after the resurrection, Jesus never promised his followers new bodies while they were on earth. Instead, he used their bodies, their feet and their mouths specifically to send them on mission. It's interesting that God uses our bodies as a means to serve him and to work for his glory. Doesn't that remind you of Genesis, in the beginning, the Garden of Eden, being created, the purpose? So the ultimate hope of the resurrection is future tense. Only in the new heaven and new earth will we experience the joy and blessedness of new bodies. Revelation 21, 3-4 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the, older, for the old order of things have passed away. So while we are on earth, we use all of our bodies to serve God, not to serve ourselves, while we're eagerly waiting are waiting our new bodies, where we, w- we will continue to serve him and not ourselves. <coughs> Friends, let's not get carried away by what culture dicta- dictates is the standard or norm of what our body should look like. It's all lies. There are thousands of trends that fade in weeks. Oftentimes, we are worried about the wrinkles, the spots, the aches in our body. There's no amount of exercise, diet, or even surgery that can cheat death. Death will come. But we need, but what we need is hope, is for the hope of resurrection to shape how we think and what we do with our bodies. Ladies, if you are here and you're struggling with the way your, your body is, or you've come to recognize how much you idolize your body, the most important thing that we can do is to confess it to the Lord, like Kate said. Find a confident, share it with them. Plead that he will take this idol away from you and ask him to turn your heart away from service of self to service of him and God's people. There is so much to look forward to. The continuous struggles or limitations we have now are a means of us to cling to Christ even tighter, but also a means for us to hope in the Lord because he will come back one day and make all things new. Before I... Close, I wanted to share this excerpt from a kid's book that we've been reading to Lillian. It's called The Awesome Super Fantastic Forever Party. And it's written by a lady called Joni Erickson Tata. I don't know if any of you know about her. But something to know about Joni is that when she was 17 years old, she dived into a bay and received a fracture in her cervical vertebrae, making her a quadriplegic. In those early years, Joni suffered through various things. She experienced anger, depression, suicidal thoughts, and even just was thinking, is God even real? (laughs) This is the excerpt she's written in the book. I love Jesus, and I want others to love him, too. I also live in a wheelchair and look forward to the day described in Isaiah 35.10. They will enter Zion with singing, everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. The Bible promises that one day I will rise from my wheelchair and enter heaven, happy and dancing. We will experience life without any trace of anger, resentment, fear, or envy, because heaven is our home of righteousness. So... Let's wait with great hope as we keep eternity on our minds, even as we live with our broken bodies. I'm gonna maybe let it out for questions and then. Yeah, If yeah, you
0: guys have any questions about anything we've said or anything about the <coughs> body in general? Yeah. I'd
1: like to hear. Yeah.
2: How do we balance as women this sort of you know, like good hygiene or being presentable to our spouses or just being a good member of society, being the way we dress, or or even just having a longing for beautiful things or things like that. How do we balance that with sort of the world's mm-hmm. obsession with image? And is there some kind of healthy middle ground that as Christian women we should have? Mm-hmm. So we're not like hermits in a cave mm-hmm. or like hobbits. Like, I'm like, ah. yeah. you know? Is there some...
1: Is there a balance in between? Um, I think, like we said, I think the biggest thing I think is having a true, trustworthy friend that can really talk into your life. So if you know someone that is very close and even like, hey, I think you've just been dressing up a little more. What's going on? Tell me about your, like, get more you know, money. You know <laughs> just, or even just asking, what is your motive behind that? You know, why have you done that? Is it because. You, you're feeling there's something, there's a gap. So the fact that we're trying to cover that gap mm-hmm. with lots of things, mm-hmm. we need to come down to the point like there's a gap that's missing and we want to get to the gap and help you understand that the gap can only be filled with Christ mm-hmm. and the fact that Christ is the only one who is sufficient and not makeup or the clothes or the mm-hmm. things. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think as well, yeah, we definitely shouldn't live as unkempt women <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because you know, 1 Peter says, let your outward appearance adorn your inward one. Something like that. That's not quite right. (laughs) But uh, let your outward appearance uh, adorn your inward. So uh, he goes on to say, don't uh, put gold bangles on and things, you know, Mm -hmm. but... I think there's a there's an inner beauty that shines out. And so, yeah, let's take showers and brush our teeth and buy makeup and things. That's, that's yeah. beautiful and pleasing to the Lord, but I think we're talking about extremes. And even, you know, uh, Timothy says, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. So the Bible never diminishes, as in I think we should work out and exercise those Mm -hmm. are good and healthy things not just for our bodies but for our mental health yeah yeah so so good like i think there does need to be a balance definitely and we should live in that balance we should iron our clothes and be presentable because we're also presenting christ and christ is beautiful so let's be beautiful Mm. like christ um, also, I really hate ironing, and yeah. ironing. so <laughs> I never iron my clothes. I look too closely to church. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, maybe to honor the Lord, I should. I should. That sometimes does for me. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, that's a really great good question. Yeah. Serena, do you have
2: a question? I think it's kind of similar, but yeah. like, would you call it idolizing
0: if you don't care at all?
1: about mm. your-
0: <coughs> Yeah, I would almost... Oh, what would
1: you say? Well, I mean, again, we need to come to the foundation that God has created us, so our bodies matter to him. So The fact that if we don't care at all, we're not caring for his creation, right? And so we have to start there. And if he's given us, he's, he's created us. There is a responsibility on our side to tend to making ourselves look presentable or whatever it is. But if we don't actually care and say, you know what, I'm just going to sit around and laze around, you will see the effects and the, the consequences of that in your body. So don't be lazy. Don't be a sluggard, like the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, So just being aware of like being active and remembering that, it's, he's, we, again, our body's not ours. It is the Lord's. And so we do everything to give it back to the Lord, but give it even more, like work hard in it.
0: Mm-hmm. I think as well... We can also think what's most loving. I've had a great conversation with Ruth David about, um, you know, wearing things above the knees is like uncomfortable for her, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, culturally. And for me, in summer in Australia, I just wear shorts and flip-flops all day long with no thought, you know, but then I think what's most loving, you know, what's culturally appropriate, mm-hmm. you know, am I going to cause others to sin? Am I going to have, like, second glances from people at church? Because imagine if you walked in wearing, like, short shorts to church, you know, all the the ladies would like, you know, and so,
1: not that that's bad,
0: (laughs) but I think again it comes back to love God, love your neighbour, so if it's better to dress, you know, you don't want to go to a wedding wearing overalls, you know, and so you dress up even if you don't want to, and you might love to dress up, but you might be going to... You know, a pool party or something, so you dress down a little bit, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's also it can just come back to loving what's most loving, what's culturally appropriate. How can I love my neighbor? You know, um, in that sense as well. Yeah,
2: thank yeah. you. Uh, my question is about what if um, we have someone who has hurt us, like judged us more about our bodies, and then we are free to like
1: share more.
2: Yeah, like. Like, how do you come back to that person and, as a friend or someone we, we know, someone we don't know, but they've judged us and they're in church and they're something mm. or something like that? I don't know. It's very different because you know they're a Christian, but then they will still hurt you in that sense. But mm. like, yeah. you not
1: sure how to come back to that. Um, confrontation is very hard, <laughs> but it's also very important. Um, yesterday we were having dinner with uh, Joanne and a couple of ladies. And uh, Bev had basically said, forgiveness is freedom. And as I think about that, it's helpful to go and talk to the sister. She's a Christian. She loves you. She loves the Lord. And we need to tell her the truth um, and say, hey, this was actually not very helpful for me. And it's been harder for me to share anything with you regarding my body image or whatever it is. Um, and just kind of telling her how you feel, but even just helping her think that asking me maybe other questions instead of judging me quickly um, is something that is gonna be much more caring for you. So sometimes I think the best thing to do is to actually tell people how you can care for them. Because sometimes there's lots of assumptions and okay, this is how I should care for you, but if we don't give the right care, then they're not satisfied or we're not satisfied. So, kind of just telling them plainly helps. Yeah. 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 That's really
0: good. yeah and just that we're all sinners, mm-hmm. and so we should be saying sorry to the Lord every day. And so I think, you know, personally, I'd much rather someone come and say, "Hey, Kate, you really hurt me," and be able to acknowledge and then apologize mm-hmm. for that hurt. You know. Um, yeah. And then if if they don't, then get a sister, get a wiser, yeah. maybe older sister to come with you, because I think letting things fester like that, Mm. and it can be anything, it can be words, looks, you know, I think we're really sensitive um, as as women. And I think being more open and honest, because if we acknowledge that we're sinners and we need Jesus, then we need to acknowledge that we're going to sin against one another. And so fostering Mm -hmm. this community of repentance and acknowledging wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, is really awkward and hard, but also really worth, yeah, I think, glorifies Christ even more. Mm. Yeah, yeah Joanne.
2: just add something to that? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I had somebody who was confronted in their church about the, their style of dressing, mm. but and the church felt like she was very immodest, mm. but she was not culturally inappropriate. She was actually fairly modest, but was confronted quite harshly. Mm. And. She wanted to know how to talk to her church, and one of the things we came up with is going back to the person who maybe has said this to you because they care about you. Mm -hmm. Let's assume that they (laughs) care about (laughs) you, and that's why they've said that to you. But maybe going back, like Ruth said, and saying, Can you please help me see from scripture how I can honor the Lord better? Mm -hmm. Because I, it's, it's, we all have different opinions, and my opinion is clearly different from yours about the way I look or the way I dress, and but I don't my opinion to be different from the Lord's. Mm-hmm. And it's more helpful for me to be motivated by what God says. And can you please take me to the word? And sometimes it might challenge the person to realize, like, oh, this is just my opinion, and I don't, don't have any good reason for thinking this. Yeah. Or they might say, actually, there's really good reasons for you to change the way that you live, or eat, or work out, or dress. And and maybe that's good for us to hear. Mm, yeah. So. yeah, that's really That's helpful, yeah. 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 I
0: think we're a little bit through the time there. Oh, yep, yeah. Yeah. great.
1: Thanks, ladies. Um,
0: but, yeah, if you please keep having conversations, if you have more questions, we didn't touch on lots of hot topics, I guess, at the moment, like homosexuality, transgenderism, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But they're topics worth discussing. Like mm-hmm. Joanna just said, seeing what God says about them and letting God form your opinion around mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, please come talk to Ruth and I. Please talk to each other and please go to the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks, thanks so much. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> guys,
2: yeah.